This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. Good morning, you're listening to The Breakfast Grill. I'm Shazana Mokhtar. The semiconductor industry is known for its cyclical feast or famine nature. Following the boom time seen during the COVID-19 pandemic, the global semiconductor sector is poised for a downturn this year. But the gloomy outlook hasn't deterred the expansion plans of Upstar Technology, a front-end semiconductor player that will debut on the ACE market on March 15th. Founder and CEO Ng Meng Tai joins me on the show today to discuss why he sees a bright future ahead for the business. Meng Tai, welcome to The Breakfast Grill. Uh, good morning. Thank you for having me here. Now, the prominent names in Malaysia's semiconductor sector are concentrated along the mid to lower end of the supply chain in semiconductor assembly or OSATs and testing or ATE. So you're one of the few homegrown players operating in the front end of the supply chain. What does Opstar technology do, especially in contrast with the typical understanding of what the Malaysian semiconductor industry looks like? So um, if you look at Malaysia's semiconductor industry, um, it has been with uh, in Malaysia for more than 50 years. And on the IC design side, actually started 1986 or 87. So it's like 30 plus years uh, already in Malaysia. And this industry actually uh, created, you know, a group of very experienced uh, IC designer. It's just like in Malaysia's context, part of the focus is in the manufacturing. Mm. And this is an industry that uh, a lot of players, they outsource. And if you look at uh, in the front end, especially in design, uh, there are few Malaysia company that is playing in that, uh, in that uh, segments. And Upstar is one of the very few that make it to the exiting size. Um, and capability that, you know, we are playing in this field. Mm. So in Malaysia's context, from the business side, right, is actually uh, uh, creating the kind of opportunity for those local company that is able to uh, build a business and be successful in these segments. So this is what Upstar is doing. I know you mentioned that um, IC design has been around for 30 years, but I mean, it's arguable that uh, there was relatively low demand um, for IC design capabilities in Malaysia when you started Opstar eight years ago. Why did you go into this side of the semiconductor business instead of following uh, the convention? Yeah, As I mentioned, if you look at Malaysia's semiconductor industry, uh, especially in the um, uh, manufacturing side, um, it's dominated by big players. And the outsourcing services actually go to quite a number of uh, local players, engineering company. And many of them, they are very successful. You know, they build a company into like a multi-billion, you know, types of uh, level. So in manufacturing, we have a very solid ecosystem, big players supported by, you know, a group of very successful local engineering company. So if you look at in the design side, Actually, the needs is there. It's just like the um, engineering outsourcing support um, is filled by regional players. Actually, there are quite a number of regional players. They come to Malaysia and they support the big MNC 
in terms of uh, design services. Mm. So from Upstar's perspective, we actually see this is an opportunity. If we do it right, we can duplicate the success story in manufacturing, but to the design front end. Okay, so you saw a vacuum there. There was something that regional players were offering that you think Malaysia can offer as well. So you're aiming to raise 104 million ringgit on the ACE market. Why choose listing as a means of raising funds for your expansion and why now? So we have grown to about 220 um, employees at this point, right? So this is a business that size matters. We are seeing, you know, our business, we have grown to into a bottleneck that, you know, for us to continue to grow, right, uh, we need to uh, have access, you know, to the, to the market and raise funds. So this is, this is the objective. The global semiconductor market boomed during the pandemic years with demand outstripping supply and foundries racing to build capacity. But the tables have turned now. The present outlook isn't so rosy. I think we have Gartner and the World Semiconductor Trade Statistics projecting global semiconductor revenue to decline by 4% this year in tandem with falling consumer demand. Is this the right time to be expanding, especially since your business is heavily reliant on contracts coming in? So if you look at this industry, when the market is softening or there's a correction in the market, right, the one that hit immediately will be those who are producing the products to fit into the market, manufacturing or for those services, you know, that is creating or producing products and, and, and uh, used by the, uh, uh, the market, right? Now, I see design on the other hand, right? we are actually the very first steps in the creations of semiconductor component. And it takes time. So if you look at a mid-size of IC, the design itself normally takes a year, a year and a half. And by the time you finish the wafer fabrications and assembly and test, right, and put it into a, a, a real product, that will be two, three years down on the road. So what we are doing is actually for a product, new products in the future, two, three years down in the future. And from our own observations, um, when there's an economy um, uh, downturn or corrections, market corrections, it will hit those who are producing or manufacturing products, right? And for those customers or players, they have the holding power, right? Normally, they will not want to cut their new product development. Because if they do so, when the market is coming back, they will not have new products to capture the market. Mm. So this is what we are seeing. So I will say, you know, um, in our business, in IC design, right, uh, we do not see, you know, the, the, the direct impact as what is seen by the manufacturing. Okay, so you think you're in a better position. You're not going to be impacted by the contraction that's expected. Let's talk about your performance so far. You've shown impressive growth momentum over the past three years. What were the reasons for top line growth tripling? Oh, you, it was 16 million ringgit in 2020, 50 million ringgit in 2022. What happened there? Uh, actually, we have two types of business model. One is called uh, specific design functions. Uh, the other one is full turnkey. So I think in a layman term, 
It's like when you are doing a, a house renovations. If the house owner, they know specific, let's say furniture guys or, you know, the plumber, they go directly, you know, to those uh, supplier and get the job done, you know, and then they move on, right? So there is specific design functions. The other model is the house owner might not have time. They go to an interior designer, ID. And then they say, this is a house I want. This is a budget. You know, this is a timeline. Go and do it. So the, the, the ID guy will do everything, right? So in our context, right, um, that is called a full turnkey project. Mm. Now, of course, in terms of complexity, in terms of um, the volume, and in terms of uh, revenue and profitability, the full turnkey project will give us higher profitability and higher revenue. So if you look at Upstar's uh, the last three years uh, track record, we have been moving our business, our business focus from specific design functions into a complex Fulton key products. That's what, that's how it, you know, give us the kind of uh, revenue growth and also the profitability growth. I see. So I did notice um, that your gross profit margin in 2022 was nearly 60%. Con- in contrast to gross profit uh, in 2020, which was 20%. So that comes down to the increase in full turnkey projects. Yeah, yeah. If you talk to the ID, they will say, hey, you know, if some guy comes in and say, I want to renovate my entire bungalow, right? Versus it's like, okay, I just want to renovate, you know, my living room, right? So the bigger, the more complex, you know, the project, you know, the, the, the revenue and the profit will One of the things that um, I noticed about your business so far is that you don't work on a long-term contract basis. Most of your contracts last about two years, thereabouts. Um, Does that leave you vulnerable to short-term fluctuations of supply and demand? Actually, that is not, uh, uh, how to say, uh, reflecting the actual situation. So our um, so-called PO, right, or the contract is very much depending on our customers' uh, way of doing business or mode of doing business. Now, some uh, big company, their their planning cycle, their budget planning cycle is quarterly, and therefore they can only cut a quarterly PO to us. Some, you know, they go by entire project. So meaning if they engage a one and a half years or two years project, then they cut a, 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 a project, you know, for that durations. And others, if you have a chance to read our prospectus, right, you can notice many of our customers, they are sticking with us, you know, since our early day, you know, six, seven or eight years, right? So some of these uh, customers, right, they do not cut us a long-term uh, a PO, but they have been um, using our the resources as they are extended design resources and they will continue to stay with us. I see. So in, in this sense, your clients are sticky. Yes. I'm speaking yes. to Ng Meng Tai, founder and CEO of Opstar Technology. When we come back, we'll dive into their plans for the 104 million ringgit IPO proceeds. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. 
Thanks for staying tuned to The Breakfast Grill. I'm Shazana Mokhtar and with me today is Ng Meng Tai, founder and CEO of Opstar Technology. They are a front-end semiconductor player focusing on IC design. They're going for listing on the 15th of March on the ACE market. So Meng Tai, let's go through some of the plans that you have for your IPO proceeds. Almost half of the funds will go to expanding your workforce. You're actually looking to more than double your headcount by hiring 280 design engineers. So currently your utilization rate is 82%. That's on mm-hmm. average of the past three years. Mm-hmm. That's not full capacity yet though. So, And you're mm-hmm. asking for 280 design engineers, which yes. seems like a really huge number. Um, yes. You know, How do you justify that? So first of all, um, in our business, it's quite impossible you get 100% of uh, utilizations if we keep on bringing in uh, new employees. So in our business, when we hire, that's it, for example, some new guy from college, we need to spend easily like, uh, you know, six to eight months to train them before, you know, they can start contributing to the projects. So for a company like Upstar, if we continue in the growth, it continue to bring in you know new employees, right? So there will be you know uh, uh, resources that we are preparing before they are ready to take on projects. Mm. So that's why you see you know like eighty two percent of uh, utilizations. So earlier you were talking about how you need more workers to gain more contracts. It sounds like a chicken and egg situation. You can't bid for more projects without having more people to work on them. But you also mm-hmm. need projects to bankroll all these new workers. So mm-hmm. how likely is the scenario that you bring in all these engineers, but then the contracts dry up? This is a very good question, in fact, if you look at our industry, right, we continue to see um, the demand or the inquiry coming in. So we are in a business that I would say is a worldwide types of uh, uh, issues, right? Uh, this world is running short of, we call it IC designer or hardware designer, right? And, and uh, it's actually a, a new trend that you see a lot of youngsters, they prefer not to, to go into engineering. Many of them go for finance or you know, psychology and all those, right? So that's why you see in, in, in the whole world, right? The number of youngsters who, who venture into engineering is actually uh, declining. That's one. The other one is for those who are bold enough to go into engineering, many of the youngsters, they prefer software than the hardware. In our case, you know, we are hardware, right? Because hardware, you know, is actually very dry and uh, you will not see the result immediately because they t- it takes too many steps uh, to see the result. Versus software, you see the result much more easier. So this created a situations, you know, like the hardware designer is uh, running short, right? The other one we observe is in the past, globalization is, is a trend, meaning, you know, everybody go to the place that they can get the product or they can get the, the, the so-called, you know, the service, right? But today, you know, the world is going into de-globalization, meaning every country, right, uh, want to have their own share uh, in the market. So it created a, a situations like not only US, you know, they want to have their own share of technologies, 
but you see China, you see Taiwan, you see Korea, you see Japan, you see everybody else, right? So this deglobalization is actually not helping in the uh, talent uh, workforce uh, situations. This is where Upstar, we see an opportunity. If I hear you right, you're saying that because there's this worldwide shortage of talent for hardware design engineers, um, there's not going to be a shortage of business. Uh, I assume that the majority of your engineers at present are Malaysian. Um, and yes. you said that there and you see an opportunity for talent here in Malaysia. But there is that widespread perception that um, we are facing a skilled labor shortage uh, in the country. And you said it's a worldwide thing. Won't that be a recruitment challenge for you then? What are you doing to ensure that you do have a pipeline of local talent coming in? So first of all, when we hire engineers, we cannot hire all of them, you know, uh, fresh graduate or junior engineers. So there, there has to be a mix of senior, intermediate and junior, right? On the senior side, as I mentioned, IC design has been in Malaysia for more than 30 plus years, right? And in these 30 plus years, it actually created a group of very experienced, very senior designer, you know, some still in the uh, uh, big uh, multinational company, some might be retired, right? So a company who has the, the way, you know, to find and look for this senior guy, you know, they will be able to, uh, you know, build a business out of it, right? And not only so, if you look at upstars in our prospectus, in, in the growth, right, and the utilizations of the proceed, we have planned to set up entity in overseas uh, country, right? So not only the overseas um, uh, market uh, give us additional uh, business opportunity, it also give us the ability to access to the, I call it hard to find uh, senior talent in those market. So that's one, right? Now, the second one on uh, the junior hiring, Upstar, we have been um, uh, collaborating with uh, multiple local uh, uh, tertiary institutions. So we have planned, you know, to host the internship program, you know, host their final year projects, and we have good collaborations with the uh, local universities to make sure that we have access in, uh, into uh, a, a steady, I call it a talent uh, pool uh, to, to our company. So you're doing it on two fronts. I do wonder, though, because the head of Taiwanese firm Faizen has said that he found it difficult to retain engineers because they would ultimately be poached by companies in Singapore. So how is working for Opstar more attractive than the income opportunities overseas? How are you going to lure them to your side? So if you look at Opstar, we started... I think a couple of years after, you know, uh, uh, Faison Tech, right? And um, we built this company from ground zero. And today we are 220. It took us about eight and a half years to, to reach to today's stage. So what I'm trying to say is there are talent in Malaysia. Now, of course, you need to have your own way to find them. Right. So I will say, yes, this country, we only have 32 million, 33 million populations. Our talent pool is limited, but you need to find your own way to, to find this talent and bring them back. So okay. this is what Upstar has uh, done uh, okay. this many years. Are you competing on price, though? Is, is it a matter of offering them better salaries? 
um, so this is the market that you have to pay to um, uh, the market. You have to pay to the industry, right? And uh, we notice a lot of youngsters nowadays, they are not only looking at the salary itself. They are looking for uh, design challenges. They are looking for ability to have access to different types of um, products design, different types of uh, foundry process technology. Some even work, uh, look for a traveling opportunity. So, so you, you need to have way, you know, to retain and motivate, you know, the, the, the engineers. Okay. All right. That's what your secret sauce is to get people in. I want to talk about your expansion plans because you mentioned this. A part of IPO proceeds, they're going to be used to expand Opstar's presence in India, Taiwan and Singapore. You're going to be setting up a design center in India with the target of employing up to 30 engineers. I mean, what are the growth prospects that you see there that warrants this expansion? So if you look at uh, India, actually there are quite a number of uh, S&P 500 companies they have uh, operations or design needs in India. So uh, setting up an entity in India definitely you know, gives us the, the market access that in the past you know, we are not able to due to uh, our non-presence uh, in India, right? So if you look at India, it's similar to you know any part of the world, right? The, there are still a lot of business opportunity. And as I mentioned, IC design um, is a very niche uh, so-called business that uh, you know if you have the capability and you have the right people um, with a track records, you know, you should be able to get a, a business out from that. India is a tough market to do business in. There have been Malaysian companies that went in, even MNCs who've struggled to gain traction. So what makes you think that Opstar can compete successfully there? Is there a local partner that uh, you're working with to navigate those business and cultural differences? Yeah, so that is actually part of our strategy. And also at the same time, at this point, we we have been supporting uh, MNC that has operations in India. So for us to set up an entity there, actually it gives us the advantages on the cross-border uh, uh, invoicing, especially in withholding tax and things like that. So having uh, setting up uh, an entity there definitely you know, gives us the advantage on the tax, on the billing and things like that. Now, earlier we spoke about the outlook for the industry and the effects of a downturn in the global economy. The semicon space has the added sensitivity of being in the middle of geopolitical tensions between the US and China. Are you concerned about any fallout affecting your business, particularly as China forms the largest portion of your sales? So the good thing about Malaysia company is we are neutral. We, if you look at our portfolio, we support China customer, we support Japan customer, we support US customer, we support, you know, regional like Singapore customer, right? So we are a pure play IC design house that um, we will support the customers that they see a need of our service. And you see a big portions of our revenue come from China is because we in the past two years, we have a complex Fulton key projects with a China customer. And that actually used up two-thirds of our resources. Mm-hmm. And therefore, naturally, you're going to see the revenue you're going to shoot up. That's why 
we have the plan to go listing and we want to grow our headcount in a more aggressive way. Our target is with all the resources that we can hire in, we are planning our, our idea case will be we are able to run two, three complex projects, full turnkey projects at the same time. At that point, you will see you know, the dependency on any single jewel or any uh, uh, customers will be you know, uh, reduced. So what are your growth targets for Opstar then, uh, Mengtai, over the next five years? By then, your IPO plans would have been fully executed. You know, What are you hoping to achieve by then? Um, I hope we can create a Malaysian brand name in the global market. So we do not want to be just a kampung champion. Now in Malaysia, we are the biggest, right? But if you look at you know the global uh, market, there are still a lot of opportunity for a company in Malaysia who has the track records and, and capability and the size uh, to become successful. So this is what I'm hoping to achieve. Mengtai, thank you very much for speaking to me and best of luck. I hope we get to catch up uh, in the next year or so to see where Opstar is. Thank you. Thank you. I've been speaking to Ng Mengtai, founder and CEO of Opstar Technology. This has been The Breakfast Grill on BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the VFM app.